0: On the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we've got a special guest, Jay Scotty St. Clair from Animation Deliberations, coming in to do one of these good old evergreen why I love the MCU episodes. All that right for this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and with me today is Jay Scotty St. Clair. How are you doing, Jay Scotty?
1: I'm fantastic. I'm super humbled and excited to be here. I tuned in for the first couple of episodes you did with both John Irons and Ashley Coffin and really enjoyed them. So uh, the chance to, to hop in and share some of my love is incredibly exciting. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed doing these episodes. It's just kind of fun to just basically just, you know, kick the can around. I don't know. Uh, about like what do we like about the mcu what do you what do you think who who what's your favorite what's your least favorite I don't know it's just a fun little like uh exercise and it's so broad s- broad sweeping it always gets into interesting corners we don't get to talk about every week so mm. what I'll always like to do first is uh what what where did your like fandom begin? Like where 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 did you start? What what was your first fandom you can think of?
1: Oh first fandom ever uh definitely Power Rangers I was like you know that that sweet spot where waking up every morning to go to kindergarten I would get a good two two or three episodes of Power Rangers in before hopping on the bus and making my way to school
0: nice that's awesome yeah Mighty Morphin Power Rangers
1: mind you I didn't stick with the franchise all that long but
0: I was just talking about Power Rangers like two days ago and for whatever reason and it was a long time later But I got into Power Rangers in Space, I think it was called. Sounds right. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know. I was like, I I didn't watch Power Rangers in like, whatever, 15 years. And then for whatever reason, somebody was like, you should really check out the season. And I was like, really? Okay. Hmm. And like, I went back and Power Rangers in Space was like a good story. Like, it was a good overarching story. I guess they like, over time have, you know done overarching stories and stuff, but you know, obviously Uh it's still, it's still Power Rangers. It's still really campy (laughs) and silly, but of course, um, had this whole, like, I don't know, like intrigue and somebody's sister and somebody villain and the, who is this person? I don't know. Just, it got, they actually had like some overarching stuff. I feel like there's as many seasons of that show as there have been, I'm sure there's like portions that are actually good. Like there's gotta be somebody who cares about stuff that's like rising above in the writing, you know? I don't know. (laughs) Every once in a while. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There's that revival on Netflix that uh, I have not had a chance to catch, but I've heard decent things about it, so I'll have to uh check it out and and let you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah ple- well I I feel like I should too cuz I definitely watched all those Mighty Morphin' days. Yeah. Um but it's been a long long time. Uh well, okay. So what drew you into something like that?
1: You know, I've I've always kind of skewed uh more towards the I guess when it comes to my my entertainment, I've I've always kind of skewed towards escapism. Like I like video games, but I've never been like a competitive gamer. I like, you know, stories that kind of suck me in and take me to a different world and showcase me like fantastical places kind of beyond my imagination, places that would never exist in this world. So, yeah, growing up I was not the most um athletically gifted. I always <laughs> skewed more towards uh academics to my father's chagrin. But, uh, uh <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of grew up in that sweet spot being, um, like a total nineties kid, you know, you had Fox kids had, uh, Spider-Man and the fantastic four animated series, of course, X-Men. And then on car- the Cartoon Network side of things, of course, Batman, the animated series was super mm-hmm. influential. So those were kind of my main exposure to, to superheroes and superhero, super heroics, rather, um. On the comic book side of things, I've 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 kind of dabbled in and out with the comics. Um my the first comic books I actually ever remember having came with action figures. I've always been hmm. um really into action figures and I know um, you know, friend of the show Dave Robertson on yes. D C on screen, he's a massive like action figures guy. So I, I kinda feel oh, a yeah. kinship with him there, like seeing his collection and how he's like still so into it. Uh so yeah. yeah.
0: His, his house is ridiculous, um, just going through his house. It's
1: like every every
0: shelf, every every corner of his house is another shelf with a different fandom on it, like a Star Trek shelf and a Marvel shelf. And it and, and actually has an entire DC room and a Marvel room uh-huh. uh, as well. So, he just really, really uh, goes into that and has... has Tons, And I think a lot of those action figures he has duplicates of in like wrappers somewhere, but also has the one that is out for display, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of tying it back to Power Rangers, I remember my dad bought me and my brother these Power Rangers action figures. And the goal was to like keep them in the box, like just stow them away in the attic and they'll be worth some money someday. But me being the kid that I was was like, what is the point of that? Like, let's open these up. Let's play with these things. Let's have fun. Mm -hmm. so yeah, needless to say they got scratched up and and dented pretty quickly. Oh yeah, those little diamond the the paint flecks off those little diamonds on the Power Rangers really easily. Very easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of my goals as kind of like, you know, a a geek and and fan of of this kind of fandom stuff is uh there's that series of like highly highly detailed action figures called Hot Toys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with those. I, I, it's it's kind of my bucket list thing. I, I want to have a Hot Toys, and if I could get one of the uh, Charlie Cox Daredevil and Ooh. Chris Evans Captain America from Age of Ultron specifically, that's always been my favorite cap uniform or, or outfit. Um, I'd be pretty happy, but they seem like those are, like, some of the most expensive ones from what uh, research I've done.
0: Yeah, I... I I'd- I had heard a lot about the hot toys and I have never really have looked at the pricing, but yeah, I'm looking at them now. It's like five and $600. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to
1: justify unless you're really rolling in the dough, which I am not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've, you've been into the geeky stuff basically your whole life. Like, you know, young age, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, yeah, always being a fan of those series. As I mentioned, um, like when Batman and Robin came out, I was, young enough to where I didn't realize how bad a movie that was. Like I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, going to the movies has always been like one of my, my favorite things. I think I've shared about it on other podcasts, like bingers assembled and maybe some other ones, but some of my fondest memories from my childhood are, I remember when uh, my dad surprised me by taking me to see Jurassic park, the lost world, hmm. which, you know, may, may be a lesser drastic dras- Jurassic Park entry for some people, but it'll always hold a special <laughs> place in my heart. And then Star so is Wars that directed epi- at me is that was that directed at me? No, you're you're this- not alone in, in that estimation. <laughs> I know a lot mm-hmm. of people hold that as the the worst Jurassic Park, and it's got its problems. But like I said, you know, nostalgia is a big factor oh, yeah. for me. But uh kind of in the same boat there, I, I really enjoyed the 1998 Godzilla for similar reasons. Even though, oh yeah, 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 and then Star Wars Episode One. So. um with that in mind, in addition to being, you know, a, a pretty big Marvel and DC fan, I'm also a massive Star Wars fan. My my fandom has kind of waned as I've gotten older. I'm not like the uber geek that I was. Like there was a point in time, like you could have asked me like any species in Star Wars, like background characters, I would have known their name and backstory, and like I that was a point of pride for me. Um, so Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I've, I think I've talked on some podcasts too, but the Lord of the Rings was a very seminal experience for me having you know uh each of those movies come out as i was in sixth seventh and eighth grade and reading the books before i went and saw the the movies and again those were movies that i could like i can still quote like entire scenes from and man yeah. do it yeah. do it I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> 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 no uh, that's awesome man uh well uh, what about turning to marvel doesn't have to be mcu what was your earliest like marvel stuff that you liked
1: yeah, well, in addition to all those like animated series I mentioned, that first Sam Raimi Toby Maguire Spider-Man, like that came out in 2002. I was 12 years old and that was I remember looking forward to that movie so much. I had dreams about going to see the movie beforehand. Like I was so so excited for that one and it really blew me away. It really captivated my imagination and uh it really cemented like Spider-Man as one of my favorite villains. Like I, I like to draw um, as, as some of the listeners who may have seen some of my stuff know, but like my notebooks were filled with Spider-Man doodles, like long before and after that, that film. I
0: wasn't, I wasn't sure if I just, uh, it it misheard something, but I think you just said Spider-Man. It was one of your favorite villains.
1: Did I say villains?
0: (laughs) Are we talking Spider Man Three here? What are we talking about? Like <laughs> emo, emo, emo Parker?
1: No, it's it's, it's funny that uh, I misspoke like that because I have distinct memories. I think I was a junior when Spider Man Three came out, and it was like uh, that was the first time. Like I remember watching that movie and being like, "Ugh." I didn't like that as much as I wanted to, but I don't know why exactly. And I yeah. remember a, a buddy at school being like, "Spider-Man three sucked." And I was like, "It wasn't that bad. It was it was all right." And, but I knew I was kind of lying to myself. But <laughs> in uh, in retrospect, <laughs> there there are things to love about that movie, but uh, it's it's definitely the weakest of the three. <laughs>
0: oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting that you knew, like you knew you were lying to yourself or lying <laughs> to him. Like inside, you knew. Yeah, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think like it's, it's interesting as we get older and I still do this sometimes. I, I think yeah. there a lot of times I'll find something to will latch on to so that I can podcast about it or something. But like mm. when something is sort of not what you expected or it's not, not what you wanted or it's, it's bad, you know, sometimes it's sure. just bad. Sometimes it's just hard to nail down. Why is this bad? And then like, mm. as you, especially as you do this a lot, podcasting, you sort of like get to the, I get, get to those core ideas of like, why is this bad? Oh sure. yeah, I just don't like these characters. Like it's, like a lot of times it's really just like basic movie making and storytelling stuff is missing. When these sure. superhero movies go wrong, it's because they're not telling us a compelling story most of the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Spider Man three, you know, there's a lot you could say about it, but it yeah, it, it has it has its problems, we'll say. Yeah. When did you just kind of like realize the MCU was something different? Were you like on board
1: from the very beginning or uh um, Oh Yeah, yeah. Coming off of that, you know, the x-men movie from the 2000s and that and that spider-man uh trilogy that we j- we just talked about like i was seeing every superhero movie that came out regardless of my exposure to the characters like i saw the ben affleck daredevil and um I, again at the time my age like i i enjoyed it like i didn't i didn't see what the fuss was about like i had a good time with it but yeah so I remember seeing the trailers for Iron Man and and being super pumped about it and going to see it on opening night and not really understanding the full impact of that post credit scene when we saw Nick Fury, but Mm -hmm. I I realized something was happening there. So, um, yeah, I I went and saw pretty much everything that came out as far as superhero movies go, including, you know, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight from Christopher Nolan and obviously doing very different things than what marvel was doing but i i don't think i really fully realized what exactly this connected universe meant until that 2012 avengers film and that was Mm. kind of interesting because like at that point i was still going to see every superhero movie that came out but i wasn't necessarily going on opening night it was like oh when i get to that i'll get to it and and i'll watch it and the avengers ended up being like just kind of really surprised me because uh back at this time i remember when they announced that they were going to replace edward norton with mark ruffalo Mm -hmm. i uh you know i like mark ruffalo and i'd seen him in some rom-coms but i just thought he was a bad choice for the hulk i was like oh no what are they doing Mm -hmm. disney took over and now this is what we have to expect and yeah, he he totally proved me wrong, and I'm so so glad that he did. But uh, yeah, the Avengers was definitely a milestone for me, as I'm sure it was for for many MCU fans.
0: It's interesting that you say. Uh, Essentially, like you said, I didn't know what it would mean a connected universe like that would mean, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Like I always talk about how part of the reason I love the MCU so much is because I was raised on Star Trek, sure. and like that sort of connected universe is something that I think of as very natural to me because it's like you mm-hmm. watch one sh- you know there's at that point there were four or five star trek series that had come out and they all sure. were connected you know you just continue the story uh yeah. but it really is a, a novel thing in, in in such big budget movie te- movie making for sure Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have sequels uh, for one franchise, but you very rarely have these franchises that cross over into larger franchises. It's it's very, very rare thing. And, I mean, really, MCU is the only one that's done that specifically. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, like, there's some TV shows like NYPD or whatever, like, yeah. that... Uh, or that's not NCIS and stuff like that now. But I guess that was mm-hmm. that was all after maybe. I don't know. I just I find it very interesting. Uh, the sort of universification of everything we talk about it all the time. But uh, uh yeah. it's it's interesting because I'm trying to think.
1: Did you have anything like that before the MCU? Can you think of anything that you've watched that felt like that? Uh, in terms of like the interconnectivity, like that? No, yeah. nothing really. Nothing really comes to mind. You know, with, with yeah, the animated yeah. series, you might have the Fantastic Four crossover with Spider Man. Mm. or something like that but no, nothing to to this level
0: you mentioned batman animated series they had yeah. a really good connected universe true very with true. with the batman superman and then justice league and then batman yes. beyond all being connected so that's a, that's an example of it i was just trying yeah. to think like what's an example of that happening before the mcu and star Trek's always been my go to but for someone who doesn't watch star trek like what's the go-to the example of like what that even is like so it's interesting yeah. to hear you say that
1: yeah, and it's not even something that I was, I necessarily grew up on, but just as a fan of film and like having gone back to watch some stuff that was before my time, like the only thing that's really coming to mind for me is like Monster Squad, like Universal taking mm. these like various monsters and kind of having them mash up and they uh, try to replicate that again after the success of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to not a great effect, They were like, we tried
0: this a long time ago. It'll work. It's fine. <laughs> we were before our time, and it's finally caught up with us. Oh, nope. No, it hasn't.
1: Nope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and something I, wa- I kind of want to bring up that just kind of naturally came to mind here is like thinking about 2012 and the Avengers and how that really was the the kind of milestone. Like this proved what Marvel stu- Marvel. I don't even know if they were Marvel Studios at that point, but it proved what they were doing was working. And, you know, the the MCU has become insanely and wildly popular and successful, but I I, I don't know. My interpretation of, like, the sentiment, my the way I, I read it, is that people kind of tend to forget how shaky things kind of were in Phase 1. Like, this was not a guaranteed thing back in Phase 1. Like, oh, Iron yeah. Man 2 was not all that well-received uh these were these were gambles and yeah the incredible hulk like i still think like i really like that that movie but i think it's definitely the lowest ranking for a lot of people and then yeah uh chris evans being recast from uh johnny storm to to take on captain america that was one of those things I was like uh oh, he's already been a superhero he's already <laughs> been a marvel superhero why can't they pick somebody else and uh again so so glad to be proven wrong because uh even even before like the Avengers and establishing that this connected universe was really working. I love that first captain America film because it was like, it felt like a a film from that time. It kind of felt like a film from like the forties or something like that. For Sure. Yeah. And captain America was, yeah, he was always this character that like, I'd look at him and be like, Oh, that's, that's so goofy. Like I don't see the appeal and they just, they translated him so well and he's, he's gone on to become my absolute favorite character. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's such a hard, I mean, it's like Superman. The yeah. boy scouts are always hard to navigate because sure. it's easy to love the Han solos. It's easy to love the Batman's like the the, yeah. the, the ones with the darker sensibility. It's, it's really hard to express on film. I don't know. after, 2000 or whatever like it just became a, a world of trench coats and you know like i don't know it's just sure. like a different world sure. and you want your characters to have a little darkness in them and uh want everybody has to be an anti-hero and cap is th- not an anti-hero at all and it's right. just something we don't see much of you know yeah um i guess now that i think about it, all the entirety of the mcu very few anti-heroes yet
1: mm yeah that's
0: fair, and that's interesting because I feel like most other comic book movies kind of try for that true, at least on some some level they have a little bit of darkness to them where you're like, are they a hero or is Batman a hero, or is he a crazy rich dude? is <laughs> you right. know like Batman's is that fascist the, yeah, Batman's a fascist, <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about doing these why we love the m c u episodes is because like. I don't know. Normally, just like t- crossing into talking about Batman feels like a weird thing to do, but on these, sure. it's just so. Much, I I love getting to touch on all these other things that we don't always get to. Yeah, because um, yeah. we're fo- focused in on something. So thanks, thanks for being here. This is fun. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So okay. So when did what? What was the movie that you? Because I, I just could, and I I I normally ask, but I know you, and I know you're yeah. like a big fan of the MCU. Right. Um, what was the movie that you were like, this, I, this is big, this is different, this is something just completely separate from, this is now in my
1: soul, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great question, and I don't even really have to think about it. Like, The Winter Soldier, and I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that, mm. but that was, you know, everything I've set up this to this point. The Avengers, the first Captain America, but then when this sequel came out and it just upped the ante in such an incredible way we got the introduction of falcon we got to see cap interacting with black widow who had been established in previous films i was like okay this is where this interconnectivity is like pay continuing to pay off but it just had such a, a gripping story and the intrigue with shield and actually being hydra and the Triskelion, Triskelion, seeing that, like, mm-hmm. for the first time, like, it made me want to go back and, like, how, when did the Triskelion show up in comics? Like, what's its history? Like, yeah, that's when I was all in. That's when I was like, okay, I need to go back and rewatch every MCU film up until this point. So I'm catching all these references, making sure I've seen every single one shot, started to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was I was all in after that one.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that you know, you
0: had me thinking... Uh, with that one, what, it's such a good movie, and it's so I'm so glad it worked so well because now that I'm really thinking about it, it's kind of a linchpin of the MCU. Sure. Um, so a lot of people feel like you do; it's like they're one of their favorites and all that. But like, it's not only a favorite, but like you think about the storylines that came before that lead into that movie. Obviously, sure. Cap. But also, the Avengers has already happened at that point. So, you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. as like a major player. You know what helicarriers are. Like, all this stuff is sort of established leading into that movie. And then the storylines that have come from that movie, uh, you know, searching for Bucky leads to Civil War, leads to it all leads to Black Widow and, and her adventures in the future and their separation. Civil War wouldn't feel so. Separate one of the big. I I love seeing them on opposite sides in Civil War, right? And it wouldn't feel so important that they're on opposite sides if we hadn't seen them for a whole movie together. Then you've got, like you said, Bucky and Falcon. Well, not introduced for Bucky, but brought into the story in a way that, like, now we're watching. You know, Falcon the Winter, or yeah, Falcon the Winter Soldier. I was like, what was this called? (laughs) Doesn't sound right. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't sound right. um It's Captain America and the Winter Soldier now, but you know. (laughs) That 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 show, yeah, feels like a l- l- like it's it's a, it's completely based on that movie. You know, it's sure. like it, those storylines just continue to spin forward, and so much was introduced there, and so much terminated there with Shield. Not to yeah. mention the effects on Agents of Shield, which is less prevalent now in the MCU. But sure. um, yeah, I I love I love that. Uh, I, lo- I love thinking about that. I hadn't no thought thought of it as such a linchpin because a lot of those movies are such a one shot, like almost Mm -hmm. any Ant-Man movie or like even Dr. Strange, like they feel like a single adventure, but that one feels like it's bringing a bunch of stories from before and sending a
1: bunch of stories into the future in retrospect. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And both, both of those ones you just happened to mention from solo adventures are two of my favorite kind of more standalone ones. I love that first Mm Ant-Man and I'm, you know, I talk about how much I love Cap and he is my favorite, but Stephen Strange is like right on his heels. I, I love Dr. Strange.
0: hmm I don't, yeah, I doubt it. I never really thought about it this way, but like it's, it's, it's so much. Uh, yeah. I love talking about the MCU in a way I've never talked about it before, having done yeah. this for 10,000 hours or whatever. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, like, the cat movies aren't standalone movies. The first one is, it's one of my favorite standalone movies. Sure. But both those subsequent cat movies are very interconnected, whereas yeah. most of the other characters, when you get to their standalone movies, you don't see anybody else. You might see right. a drop-in. Uh, you've got H- Hulk is in Thor 2. Uh, right. But I'm trying to think of other other crossovers like that, and you do have a little bit of it. Um, you've got Wanda in Multiverse of Madness, of course. Right, but it, it it just all feels very self contained. Right. Falcon does show up in Ant Man. That That's what, what I was gonna say.
1: It was a yeah. one scene, but it was it was there.
0: Yeah, yeah I guess the most of it just feels cameo ish. Yeah. For the other, I don't know, eighteen standalone movies feel very standalone, but Captain Americas are not.
1: You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. very interconnected. Yeah. Well, and. Speaking of Doctor Strange and him being one of my favorite characters, I do have to recall that in Winter Soldier, that was the first time we ever got the name drop for mm-hmm. Stephen Strange when they were talking about the list of potentially dangerous people out there. That's right.
0: Yeah. Great point. Yeah. A great yeah. point. That's the linchpin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like it's, you talked about how it struggles at times in that first first uh, um, phase. phase. Yeah. And now we're talking about a lot of struggles in phase four. People say, I don't think it's having nearly as the struggles people think. I think it's just more disconnected right now than maybe sure. before. Yeah. But like, when you think about it as a linchpin and you think about the MCU and those movies that do bring everyone together, you know, like, like an end game, like a, uh, winter soldier that just like, everyone says those are some of their favorites, you know, uh, yeah. infinity war Endgame, game winter soldier, um, iron man three, of course. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, just Jeff's not here, so I can say that. Uh, <laughs> um, and and I don't have to uh, deal with him talking about the dark world. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But uh, no, all you get these Lynch movies that are amazing, and and it seems like a lot of the other movies, these more standalone movies, end up being for some people and not for others but then you've sure. got these few that just like everyone loves winter soldier if you're a fan of the mcu you love winter soldier if you're a fan of the yeah. mcu you love infinity war and Endgame. you know right um I, honestly i the more i talk to people if you're a fan of the mcu you love avengers and you love um you know uh ultron as well so like i yeah. everyone i talk to loves ultron we got a lot of shit when it came out but everyone i talked to loves ultron
1: <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Age of Ultron specifically, it it fell into a unique position, like coming off of so the Winter Soldier came out in 2014, and we went from the Winter Soldier into Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know Mm -hmm. you have a lot of love for, and kind of like started this podcast. And I remember a a buddy of mine, like we saw the trailer for Guardians of Galaxy together, and he was like, "Ah, "I don't know about that one." And I was like, "Nope, I'm all in." Even if I'm not Mm -hmm. familiar with these characters, like I trust Marvel now. Like this looks great. And sure enough, when we saw it, he, you know, he was he accepted his uh, how wrong he was with that. But uh, <laughs> so coming off the heels of like both of those movies and knowing how good that first Avengers film was, like the hype for Age of Ultron was just like through the roof. Like knowing we were getting Scarlet mm. Witch and Quicksilver uh, and Vision being teased, like I even fell victim to it as well. And and you kind of talked about um, earlier about like we go into movies with like expectations sometimes. And sometimes that can, you know, impact our enjoyment. And that was a lesson for me. Um, I do recall coming out of the theater for age of Ultron. Like I enjoyed it, but I knew immediately that it wasn't as good as the first adventure. So I was like, it was good, but it wasn't everything that I kind of hoped and dreamed it would be. Mm. But you talk about linchpin movies and like I, I, my defense for age of Ultron is always that, in retrospect it is one of the most world building mcu entries out there it does so much to move the overall story forward and and really help establish things and keep, bear in mind it's also one of the few times even though they have their inner conflicts that we actually get to see the avengers as this like full team and they're kind of like a family like when you get that that party dinner scene in the beginning like we don't get that too terribly often with our Avengers yeah. and um, the other movie that I kind of compare Age of Ultron to in the, in the same way is uh, Iron Man 2 I was not super high on coming out of the theater but when I went back after like understanding I like I was like okay the MCU is something that I need to go back and rewatch all these movies I think Iron Man 2 works so much better in retrospect and when you like look at this as like episodes of a series it's it's a great world building episode it has its issues but uh i think it, it works really well as terms of like being one of the cornerstone building blocks of the of the mm. mcu interesting
0: i like that um yeah, yeah i think i think a lot of the expectations are there for sure so go into that a little deeper like what's what do you feel like it's the world building about that one
1: age of ultron specifically yeah 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 so it, it gets us vision it kind of like establishes oh, we had we had heard about these infinity stones and like, again, the Thor vision scene is, is not the best. That's probably <laughs> one of the weaker parts of the movie. Uh, but it, it really does, you know, uh, help to establish that the, in, in conjunction with guardians of the galaxy, that the infinity stones are going to be these MacGuffins going forward. Um, outside of that, I, I do think it's a lot of character, um, work Mm. it it sets up everything that we see in civil war civil war rather in terms of like uh cap and iron man always kind of had a rivalry but it gets brought to not a complete head but it's the separation is is impending in age of ultron and then Mm. um i mentioned vision but also having scarlet witch wanda uh brought into the fold and it kind of shakes up the lineup there at the end like with cap and black widow you know he holds off he doesn't say avengers assemble right there but it's like okay this core group doesn't necessarily have to be the ones that we've gotten so familiar with like thor's kind of out of the picture for a while hulk's out of the picture for a little while mm-hmm. um at the end of the movie anyway
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's 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 a great point yeah it, do, it definitely has a lot of those moving forward points i think i i really do think looking at it I think that Avengers movies and Captain America movies are these like great combined stories in ways that all the other stuff isn't um, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might have one character crossover, but you don't have these like, it just feels like the Cap movies live inside the world. Uh, and, sure. and obviously the Avengers, but the Avengers are more designed to do that. It's interesting yeah. that they've, <laughs> maybe it's because you can't be a captain if you don't have anyone to command right like yeah yeah definitely yeah right you know you can't be captain yeah. america if you don't have someone to call you captain you can't <laughs> just right. go around telling other people you're captain america that that that's a moniker of respect that other people have to don on you or whatever i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah cap's a brawler and he's a badass but when you put him like toe to toe with some of these more super powered folk like that—that that is his power, his ability to lead and and see the strengths and strategize with other people. And that's something they lift lifted directly from the comics. So, mm-hmm. oh uh, man, one of my yeah.
0: favorite scenes uh, in Ultron is when, <laughs> golly, these movies make me emotional in weird ways sometimes. <laughs> oh, what is my problem? But uh, when, when when he when he like gives uh, when he he comes it like sees the potential. And Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and sees there that they aren't bad people, even though they, they've been attacking them the whole movie. They've caused all this damage and then immediately starts giving them commands because he right. sees their potential and he, he's a, he's a, he knows how to lead soldiers and he starts right. saving all the people. He's like, save as many as you can stop the train. We can do this. Like he just starts rallying and that's like sure. not even really they, when they become Avengers, that's like kind of later in the movie. But right. in that moment, even when they're on different sides, he sees that moment. They want to save people. He wants to save people. And he just immediately starts working with them. And I just, i love yeah. that scene oh
1: yeah yeah i i should have known that's where you were going with it with what we were talking about earlier about his ability to lead but when you first started bringing up his relationship with both uh wanda and quicksilver i thought about that scene where he's with maria hill and she's like yeah they donated themselves to science so that they could like you know uh rally against <laughs> their government and he's like yeah uh volunteering to protect your your country
0: (laughs) and getting getting experimented on for your country that that is weird who would do that yeah it's great it's actually really really a good point because i think that line sets up his character and seeing beyond seeing people as people And Mm -hmm. seeing seeing them not just as enemies. And that line sets him up being willing to work with them so easily later. He's like, yeah, I've done what you're doing. Like, I did that too. I understand you're fighting for your country. Um, It's Yeah, that's such a good movie. God. (laughs) I -hmm. love it. I love it so much. Okay. So, getting to the very end of phase three. We got these two big daddies. Infinity War and and Endgame. Is there Mm -hmm. like... I don't know. How did you feel about the resolution of this 10 years of storytelling?
1: Uh, I mean, it, it was absolutely incredible. It's, it's one of those things like I will forever be grateful that I got to be a part of this, that I got mm-hmm. to experience this, that I was at an age and a maturity level that like I had been able to see this journey and fully appreciate it for what it was like going back all the way to May, 2008, seeing that first Iron Man in theaters to when it finally culminated with within game and uh man like i'm i'm getting a little i don't get as emotional as you but i'm getting goosebumps (laughs) right now just like oh yeah letting the weight of that wash over me again (sighs) um in terms of of watchability i do kind of skew more towards infinity war it's just got like those great um action sequences especially with dr strange and and getting the guardians and a little bit more of spider-man who again is one of my favorite characters as well um
0: when I, when I go
1: to rewatch one, I'll probably put on Infinity War first. It's it's also a little bit shorter, so that makes it a little more digestible, but uh, there's no denying in-game, like, the, the portal sequence and when Cap mm-hmm. picked up Mjolnir, like, I was so, so glad I didn't have that spoiled for me like that. Like, to be in a theater full of people on opening night for that moment, like, uh, I don't, yeah. I'm just so grateful for that experience. Yeah. Like, it just, like, hits dopamine Same. Right I'm looking a dopamine myself f- smile on my face just thinking about it all over again yeah i can zoom and i'm like red
0: faced from like smiling so big thinking about that <laughs> moment and like also all the alcohol uh but uh no just um but the moment that moment and i love i love how that moment is immortalized on all those youtube videos of just like crowds watching the movie Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Just like the fact that we can go and relive that moment with audiences yeah. when they just like, ah, yeah, it's People just, just so losing good. their minds. Yeah, it's great. <sighs> so good, and and I mean the biggest thing uh, you were talking about Cap earlier, but like the biggest thing in that moment for me, and I think I talked about it on an episode recently is just Cap standing beaten and bloodied you talked about how he's he's a brawler he's badass but he's not the biggest against the biggest like bads like he needs right. people to command right. but he's still that dude from the freaking uh, alleyway and he is just standing there with his half a shield left and the armies of the galaxy standing before him and he's right. still he's like no you move like it's just yes, so freaking yes. good oh.
1: Yeah. oh man
0: <sighs> okay yeah <laughs> I love you it get, <laughs> yeah it's so freaking good okay okay well uh what's your f- uh, i guess I, I i don't know if you have said in in the stuff you said so far what is your favorite of the entirety of the mcu what like doesn't have to be the best it doesn't have to be like what's your what's your go-to what's the one you connect with most movie favorite movie yeah, yeah yeah hmm
1: yeah on any given day it, it could change but mm-hmm. uh I think I'm going to stick with infinity war. Infinity war has been nice. M- my favorite for a while. Uh, sometimes it's that first iron man, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say infinity war.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's a, it's a great one. Why, why?
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, you mentioned it being the most rewatchable. Why, what yeah, is,
0: what's your, why does it stand out?
1: Uh, where in game had the, um, the real emotional payoff and, like, the, the resolution to this, this ongoing conflict, I feel like Infinity War was, like, if you've ever seen, like, the splash page on a comic and, like, wanted mm. to see all these characters, like, really... Like, we got a tease of it in Civil War with the airport sequence, like, you know, and, and even in, like, the previous Avenger films when we had, like, those kind of, like one-shot sequences but this was just the entire runtime like you're seeing all of these characters like from all these different franchises yeah. like interacting and yeah and and of course Thanos like as much as I love Marvel like it did have a villain problem for a while mm. and Thanos was just such a captivating and fascinating villain to behold and to kind of it's kind of his movie which is interesting so yeah just like yeah going on that journey seeing all of the infinity stones like actually be used uh like yeah it's it's just the culmination for me as much as like the end game is kind of the footnote doesn't seem appropriate but um almost kind of a fall follow, follow up to the build-up we were waiting for for so long yeah i mean there's a reason when
0: people talk about star wars it's the empire strikes back that people talk yeah. about as a favorite i think there's something to i think it's something to the down ending that makes people feel like it it's like it's so sad and so heartbreaking mm, and so yeah. like uh it's so novel. Like how 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 often mm-hmm. and of of 25 26 Marvel movies we have now there's only one movie that ends with them just losing. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah uh, and that's and that's the one and it leaves you it takes you on a roller coaster and like throws you off. You know what I mean? Like it's right. it's, <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> yeah. one, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, well, what do you think of the state of the MCU now? Like, we got Phase Four is over, I guess we're in Phase Five now, which is kind of crazy to yeah. say aloud. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you think of uh, what do you think of the
1: state of the MCU? Yeah, I I still absolutely love the MCU. I think um, it's had its hurdles, like kind of keeping that momentum coming off of Endgame. Like Endgame mm-hmm. was such a cathartic experience that. They were always going to have a little bit of a difficult time, like, you know, engaging people on the exact same level. But uh, I still go to, you know, every opening night uh, movie at the earliest showing that I can get. Hmm. I listen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast reactions as soon as I can. I watch all the Disney Plus shows and rewatch them uh, when I can. But uh, I think it's had some really, really strong entries. And even... Even the, the even before Phase Four, any any movies that didn't necessarily work for me, like there's still something very enjoyable that I can have about them. Like there's not a single Marvel movie that I find unwatchable. Uh, like, and I think you know that that's that's one of the great things about having all of these movies too. Is like uh, you know, you and I had a conversation with another. Uh, caster on a podcaster on the on the network um i i won't i won't throw them under the bus in case, in case they get <laughs> flack for people but you, you kind of mentioned how you're not a big rewatcher, and uh i am a big rewatcher, and i find it so interesting how like a film can change upon rewatch and like given time and like new context how my uh interaction with that film kind of changes because like far from home is one that uh Immediately comes to mind. Like, really liked it coming out of the theater. Loved the Mysterio sequences. But I remember seeing it with my buddy at that time, and he was like, "Yeah, favorite MCU film now." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I, I, I would not go that far. Like, I know it's not my favorite MCU film. Like, I still like Homecoming better." But then I, uh, I watched it again a few months later, and I, I liked it even less. And I was like, "Oh, like the Mysterio bits are good, but there's just, I think when you take Spider-Man out of New York, like." Maybe you lose something there. Mm. Um, and then I watched it again, not all that long ago. And I was like, you know what? This is actually working for me now. Like having seen no way home and seeing what this did to kind of set up no way home. I was like, okay, uh, I'm on board again. Like I really like uh, uh far from home. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, I think, you know, people like what they're going to like. They're going to dislike what they're going to dislike. And sometimes that's for valid reasons. Sometimes it's not for so valid reasons, <laughs> but uh Moon Knight kind of comes to mind. Like I love Moon Knight, like all the way through until the finale. Like the finale, it really mm. disappointed me. Um, and it, I, I guess it's like you know, I don't think it's superhero fatigue because I'm still really like enjoying these properties and going to see all of them on the DC side as well. Uh, not to mention the boys on Amazon and whatnot. Like I just yeah. have an interest in this kind of content. But sometimes, like I, I think I mentioned it when you and I reacted to the quantum mania trailer. And we were getting to see like Kang really use his physicality against Scott. And when he had those sequences where he was doing the laser stuff, I was like, okay, I hope they kind of move away from the laser stuff and do more of the physicality. Because like, I, I like, I guess I find myself kind of like after having seen all this spectacle, like there's something about a more like grounded approach mm-hmm. that kind of appeals to me. So to, for moon Knight to kind of have this finale where it's like these two giant CGI, Kaiju like fighting in the background <laughs> of, of Egypt I was like oh you were doing So much with like Mark Mark And Stephen's character and like this third Personality like I would have liked to spend More time with that but uh, You know that, that's just a gripe Like I, I really enjoyed Moon Knight as a whole Like I'm not going to say I didn't like the whole series Just because the uh, finale didn't work for me But absolutely loved Miss Marvel I loved She-Hulk I, I don't get the hate for She-Hulk like I even think like you know the CGI doesn't even bother me that much. Like I, mm-hmm. I think it was just a hell of a lot of fun. So
0: yeah. That's cool, <laughs> man. Yeah, I, I I hear I hear you. I feel the same way. I think I've said it before, but uh the a lot phase four gets a lot of flack. And I, and I kinda see it. Like I feel that loss of momentum too. But when I think mm. about individual properties yeah i like have no problems really like i mean i have little bitty gripes here and there but like Mm -hmm. i I love every property they put out in phase four there's not a bad one and it's just kind of like it just doesn't feel as cohesive it doesn't feel like it's driving Mm -hmm. towards something but that's how the mcu was for phase one and two you know like it just sure i feel like we're just getting this established and then man maybe just maybe If they let us live in this disconnected world for a little while, when we get to the next Endgame, Infinity War wrap-ups to Secret Wars, as I'm guessing what it'll be, yeah, maybe we'll have those same feelings again because they've let us have a little time away from the connectivity.
1: Yeah. That adage, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes you need to move away from this connectivity so that you appreciate it when it it comes back. Absolutely. Absolutely what I was
0: thinking. I like it. Yeah.
1: Well, man, anything else you want to say about the MCU before we wrap up? Well, when you, when you went to ask me my favorite movie, I thought you were going to ask me for my favorite moment. So oh, I'm yeah, please. If I didn't take an opportunity to just kind of shout out my favorite moment. And it is going all the way back to my favorite character in his, uh, his first solo movie, Captain America, The First Avenger. There's that sequence when he's not even powered yet and mm. he's in boot camp and they throw the grenade and he hops on the grenade. Like, I still get goosebumps every time. Mm-hmm. He just he he's, he's the one that's going to, you know, make the sacrifice play. And, uh, yeah, he's so, so good. So good. Such a good <laughs> character. It's, he's just so well built. Oh,
0: yeah. I feel like way too, many, uh, it, it, I, I love doing these and we will continue to do them. Uh, uh sure. and these, why they love MCU but I feel like a lot of them will become Captain America is just so good. <laughs> I, I love, like, it's interesting. <sighs> One thing you made me think of is you have made me think of things that I, I didn't really think, think of before, but like uh, there's really not ever a time where Cap and Tony are friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of at each other's throat in every appearance they are together. They're, close because they're like warriors on the front lines of this battle um maybe the shawarma scene but like sure that's about it like every other time we see them they're always kind of at odds ultron like he he's created ultron and cap's pissed at him then you got civil war and he's pissed at him again you get infinity war he's pissed (laughs) at they're pissed at each other again like they're always at each other's throats and i mean even you know uh all the way back to avengers they don't really ever start stop, stop fighting they're fighting till the moment hawkeye comes and attacks the the uh he blows up that engine and he's like oh, right. cuz they're fighting they're like nose to nose he's like why don't you go put on the suit and let's see what happens and then he, and then that big explosion happens he's like why don't you go put on the suit and he's like yeah, yeah. good idea uh, but they they just go into battle together but they've never really had much much like uh I mean, like you mentioned, the scene in Ultron where they're sitting around the table seems pretty uh, pretty friendly. But like... Yeah. So so you get a sense that they have been friends, but almost everything we've seen on screen has been like them at each other's throats. And I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um hmm But yeah. I, I want to say something like, I feel like Cap has a more... Uh, better arc than Tony does but I don't know if that's true. Like, I just, I feel like I, I just, he has this through line of who he is that I just think is so solid. And I just love it.
1: Yeah. No, I I think you're, you're right. Like, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like I personally, I think I relate to caps sensibilities and his demeanor and Mm -hmm. a little bit more than Tony, but that's kind of what I love about Tony is he's willing to do the things that like I, I never would, but I do think about uh, like that scene in civil war when he's kind of like lambasting the group. Like we dropped a building on like a person, like we got to own that. And it's like, you're the one that created Ultron. Have you forgotten about Mm -hmm. that? And there, there were some inconsistencies like with Iron Man three, like with him getting rid of the the suits and then just popping back up in age of Ultron. Like I, I guess a lot of his, uh, development in terms of the the world kind of happen off screen Hmm. which is a shame yeah
0: yeah i guess i guess that's it i think that iron man's development feels scattershot where it's like i'm iron man no i'm not yes i am and then i'm Mm -hmm. i'm in space and it's like it just kind of jumps around a little bit whereas um cap is so consistent that he is just mm-hmm. the man he is from the moment he, he goes through things. He learns things. He, he gets disillusioned over time, but like, right. He is the man in that alleyway. He's that man with that grenade all the way from that moment till he's, you
1: know, standing in front of Thanos, army. It's, and it's just, mm. yeah, it's so good. Just to kind of, you know, uh, give Tony some credit. Another part of age, age of Ultron that I didn't really highlight. And, You know, maybe the scene wasn't as effective as it could be, but just, like, looking at the MCU as a whole, like, a lot of Tony's motivations are... You and I had a conversation about, you know, making decisions based on hope and fear, Mm. and Tony is the first one to really be affected by Wanda when she plays with his mind in the the HYDRA facility, and he Mm. sees all his comrades, like, dead on the battlefield, and Cap says to him, like, you could have saved us. And, like, so everything he's doing... From that, not not the whole time afterwards, but for a good portion of that, that point on, he's motivated by thinking like, I have to prevent this eventuality.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting to think about because that really does become Tony's driving force and his vision of that. And mm-hmm. like Wanda's now on his side like, but yeah. but the damage she did when mm-hmm. she was not on his side is still like bouncing it around in his mind like Mm -hmm. she had a pretty devastating effect on his psyche in that in that one action way back in ultron and now like even when she's fighting on his side in endgame he's still driven by wanting to stop everyone from dying because that's like such a traumatizing vision and man that's a good Mm -hmm. that's a really good point i like that a lot okay uh (laughs) well man thank you so much for joining me uh shout out shout out where everybody can find you online
1: Yeah, please check out Animation Deliberation. We are the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. And this sprawling, epic MCU has actually had a couple of animated entries at this point. So uh, if you're a fan of What If, we covered every single episode of What If, you can go back and check that out, and we're covering pretty much everything that's uh, geeky and fandom related. Awesome, man. That's awesome. I love that you, what you guys are doing over there. Uh, and so, yeah,
0: everybody check out Animation Deliberation uh, when you get a chance. Uh, and also, if you like Jay Scotty, me and him have been making multiverse news together uh, over these last few weeks. So, um, I think we're we just had eight or nine episodes out now. Crazy. Crazy. Um, so join us for Multiverse News. It's uh, everywhere you get podcasts, and we do uh, do it on YouTube as well. So um, yeah, every week, every every Wednesday, we got this new uh, thing about it's, it's the way it's like it's the only useful Stranded Panda podcast. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so if you like Stranded Panda. And you can get your news at the same time. Normally, it's just, like, listen to some people uh, talk bullshit for an hour and a half or whatever. But, like, <laughs> you actually can, like, learn what's going on in the world of of all your fandoms and listen to people bullshit for 30 minutes. It's pretty great. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jay Scotty. Uh, thank you. We will be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast and a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash you make this show possible and a huge shout out to both that's right there's two of them now Illuminati tier patrons Walter Kreisky the third and Lieutenant Bongo. Thank you, guys. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash TV.